welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, you can text Eric to 33777. Find all the links for the show, the podcast, the live stream, the daily email, you name it. Right now, i got a great guest joining me, the fantastic senator from the wonderful state of Kentucky, which, you know, I've still never been to. i got to go on the Bourbon Trail. Senator Rand Paul joining me. How are you? Very good, Eric. Thanks for having me. You know, at some point, I, I've driven through Kentucky. I've never stopped. At some point, I really need to get up there. Yeah, the Bourbon Trail's become, you know, who would have guessed? I mean, everybody went to California for wine, Sonoma, Napa. That's been going on for decades. But, you know, about 10 years ago, they started really getting into the different types of bourbons. And now we have, you know, probably a million visitors a year coming and doing our bourbon trail. Yeah, it's the one thing Jesus got wrong in the Bible. He should have turned the water to bourbon instead of wine. I don't like wine. <laughs> well, the version told the version of the story told in Kentucky, it is bourbon. So yeah, you just have you to go. go to the right location to get the correct version. <laughs> well, so I'm glad you're here because you've made news in the last couple of days with these hearings on Capitol Hill. And, and I, I want to start with the FBI. Um because it really does seem like it's probably time to do some sort of real committee dive on uh, investigating the FBI and the national security apparatus and the politicization. It seems pretty obvious we've got a lot of partisan hacks at the FBI that you're exposing. And what's extraordinary is they won't give us a direct answer. You know, Ray says, oh, I'm obeying the law. And I said, well, the law says that it's illegal under the Electronic Communications Privacy Act of 1986 it's illegal for Facebook to give you information on individual users. So we forbid even the providers of information, the providers of social media services, it is illegal for them to give information on their customers without a government order. And that's what I asked him. I said, are you getting this from Facebook without a government order? And then are you going around backwards and reconstructing a case and then asking for a warrant to get information that you were illegally given? He's like, oh, I don't understand the question. And he says, we're obeying the law. And I said, well, the law says you can't do this. Are you doing this? He says, well, I have to ask my experts and my lawyers, and I'll get back with you. So about six months from now, we'll get an answer back saying, we're not sure we understand the question, but can you restate the question? I mean, it's a kind of crazy sort of evasiveness you get. We've gotten the same thing on COVID. They won't answer any of our questions. We have dozens of letters to the NIH, to HHS, and to others saying, we want this information. And basically, the federal government under Biden refuses to answer the questions. You know, it has been kind of my my big indicator that most of Washington assumed the GOP would have a probably better midterm than we had, but but a good one nonetheless, at least taking back the House, that Fauci decided to retire at the end of this year so he didn't have to have a Republican chairman of a, of a committee asking him questions. There are still a lot of unanswered questions about both gain of function and the Wuhan lab that I don't know that we're ever going to know. Um, I mean, what's your assessment there? You've been one of the, the, the loudest voices in Congress about this stuff. We are going to investigate it. I've talk, talked to Jim Jordan and Jamie Comer, who will lead the investigation in the House. They will have subpoena power, and they're going to use it. They're not going to be bashful. You've seen them in the last couple of days saying they're going to go after the Hunter Biden evidence. You've seen McCarthy saying he's not going to put Adam Schiff on intelligence, and he's not going to put Eric Swalwell on intelligence. They're going to get rid of Elon Omar on her committees for foreign relations. So I think they're going to play hardball. They're, they've been pushed around and kicked and stomped on by Nancy Pelosi, 
And I think they will play hardball. So I'm looking forward to it. On the Senate side, I'll be the ranking Republican, still in the minority, but on Homeland Security, which has investigative powers. There already is some investigation going on, but I'm going to keep pursuing it. I've talked to the chairman, a Democrat, and I'm trying to get him to go along with it. But it's one of the reasons, you know, I'm pushing for Herschel Walker, because if we get Herschel Walker, we'll be 50-50. We'll still be in the minority, but the committees will be completely equal, and I will have a bigger say. So I'm uh, selfishly advocating for Herschel Walker because it'll give me more power. Hey, well, I hope people listen. I, I actually, when I was in commercial break, got my absentee ballot request uh, sent in to make sure it happens. Uh, it, it's nice to see all the Republicans, state and federal, turning out for him in Georgia. But my goodness, it's going to be a tough fight. And, I, I mean, when we move forward, you're looking at this lame duck session. Or, or Is there going to be any sort of continuing resolution or any big financial bills you think come out at the very end of this Congress before we come into the next one? The Democrats will do everything they can to have a long-lasting spending bill so the new Congress doesn't get a say in spending. My guess is, and this will shock you, Eric, but the complicit big government Republicans will go along with the Democrats and allow this to happen. Mm -hmm. There'll be a small group of us that will oppose the spending and be loud on this. And this is sort of what frustrates, you know, conservatives in Georgia, libertarians in Georgia. They're like, why don't the Republicans fight? I'm one that's probably the most libertarian in the Senate probably ever, and I am fighting. And the libertarians need to say, look, we we voted for another guy, but, you know, Herschel Walker may not be a libertarian, but if I want Rand Paul, who is a libertarian, to have more power, I ought to vote for the Republican. And so it's it's part of the argument I'm making that on these spending bills, those Republicans who are, you know, hardcore enough, believe in the Constitution, are not going to vote for these big spending bills – we need more voice, but we only get more voice if we get Herschel Walker to help us. That's well said. Uh, I sure hope they're listening. Um, it sure does make a big difference. Let me ask you real quick. I just saw uh, Mike Lee's office has put out a letter asking that none of the Senate Republicans give any more cloture votes on the uh, marriage legislation. Your name is on his letter to ensure really explicit religious liberty protection within this legislation. I, I, I'm kind of, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that they didn't put it in there, but I'm kind of surprised Republicans would go further without any sort of protections. Well, there is always a danger that, you know, it used to be we just want sort of tolerance, we want acceptance. No, now we want the same thing everybody has, and now we're going to want, no, your church can't have a different belief because we want them all to believe what we believe. And really, liberty's not that way. Liberty should allow us, to, look, I have no problem with people having contracts, civil unions, you know, gay marriage, what have you. I don't think the federal government ought to be involved with it. And I also think that if you disagree with that, and if you have profound disagreements and you, and you want to have those beliefs, nobody should be in your church. Nobody should be in your school telling you you can't believe otherwise. And it is a slippery slope. Every little bit they get, they want the next thing, you know? So it's like, it's not acceptance of transgenderism. It's now acceptance that we're going to teach it to your children at age four, five, and six. We're going to show them picture books on how to have surgery in school. And we're going to have drag queens dancing in the elementary schools. It's, it's, they keep pushing. There is no end to where these people will go. So, yes, we need to make sure that uh, churches and people of religious faith are protected from uh, the ever-evolving wishes and demands of people who want their way of life to be pushed on everyone else. 
Do you ever get frustrated? I, I mean, I, I assume so when you've got Republicans who claim there's for small government or limited government, and then they allow stuff like this to get through when they could fight. They never seem to be willing to fight. I just, I imagine it's it, not just you, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, and the like. Just it's got to be sometimes frustrating. For me, it's 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 it really is. You talk about. If you look at the Democrat Party and the Democrat caucus in Washington, not one of them cares about the deficit. They're honest and they're explicit, and we don't imagine that they do care. They really don't care. Unless it's a tax bill they're going to oppose, they never talk about the deficit. On the Republican side, almost all the Republicans profess to care about the deficit when they go home, when they're at the Lions Club or at the Rotary. They're talking about they're against big government and they were against Obama spending. And yet about half of the Senate Republicans are what I would call big government Republicans that never voted against any spending bill, God forbid. Uh, they shrink away when any, there's any kind of discussion of using the power of the purse. And this is why people are so upset with Washington Republicans and people in Congress is because they were told and we were taught that the power of the purse relies in Congress. But Republicans abdicate this every year. They put all the spending in one bill, a continuing resolution or an omnibus, and then the only people who have any power are the leadership. It's up or down, and we don't try to defund anything. So, you know, I'm pushing them right now to defund the IRS agents, and the only way we could do that is we'll never be able to hold up an entire spending bill. We need to do all 12 different individual spending bills, and the one spending bill that funds the Department of Treasury and the IRS should have a provision saying we're not funding the 87000 and then if Democrats won't pass that, that part of government, the IRS will shut down, and I'm guessing most of America could tolerate the IRS being closed for quite some time. I would like to think so. It is kind of a, a alarming that it's been a while since Congress has actually done the budgeting process and, and uh, passed through the various appropriations bills as opposed to just a continuing resolution. It just seems like a just 40 years, just just a, just a short 40 years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's been it's been decades. Occasionally, you'll see them pass a few of them. But for my strategy to work, the new Speaker of the House would need to get together in January and say, guys, men and women, we're going to pass all 12 individual appropriation bills. And on the bills, we will put our policy on what we want the money spent on. And therefore, if the Democrats disagree, we won't shut down all of government. Maybe we can pass 10 or 11 out of 12 appropriation bills. But then the one that has the things that we disagree most with, whether it's the IRS agents or whether it's lack of a COVID investigation, we'll hold the line on that until the Democrats agree to compromise. We never force that. It never happens because Republicans are scared of their shadow. They're afraid of a government shutdown. And, but the reason government shuts down is because all the spending's in one bill. If the spending were in 12 bills, as it's intended to be, we would have much more leverage. We would regain the power of the purse, and we would once again be able to do the things that the conservatives around the country elected us to, uh, to do. Uh, we, we can dream. I, you know, I, I really I do hope it happens because you're right. Um, we, we run into these fights. They wait till the very end brinksmanship on raising the debt limit or the continuing resolution as opposed to doing real appropriations like Congress is supposed to do. It just makes the president way more powerful than he should be. Well, not only the president, it makes the leaders in both parties uh, very true. powerful. So why does leadership raise hundreds of millions of dollars? It's because all the spending decisions are in one bill. And if you uh, own a corporation or if you're in an industry and you need something special in that bill, you just talk to one person, one of the Republican or a Republican or a Democrat leader, you get your provision put in the bill. 
and you don't go to anybody in the committee. There is no process. There is no pro and con debate. One person or two people in the Senate control all of the spending. Same happens in the in the House as well. So all the power has been centralized in a few members, and the rank and file have very little power because of this. And so the dirty little secret is that leadership in both parties loves having all the spending in one bill instead of having individual 12 appropriation bills. Ugh. Well, hopefully we can break that system. Now, listen, before you get out of here, uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. I hope you and your family have a great Thanksgiving. Um, enjoy some turkey. I guess one of them got pardoned at the White House today. <laughs> we will. I'm in charge of the turkey at our house, and I have a okay, special so do, technique. Do you smoke or do you fry? Yeah. Uh, my special technique is I dissect under the skin and I put all the herbs and spices under the skin of the turkey. I baste it frequently and we do it in the oven over about four hours. That's not a bad idea. Um, I have not stuffed under the skin before. I probably need, I brine mine overnight with some herbs and stuff. But in any event, you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I'm glad I got to chat with you and great point on libertarians in Georgia with Herschel Walker. I sure hope people are listening to that. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. All right, folks, Senator Rand Paul, those of you in Georgia, I mean, he makes the case. You've heard him say it, a tie, tied committees, 50-50 committees. Uh, if you're in Georgia and you want the Republicans to have as much maximal power in the Senate as they can have, it's important to get Herschel Walker into the Senate so that the committees are tied, um, equal number of Republicans and Democrats. The, the Democrats will get the chairman because Kamala Harris is the tie-breaking vote, but you'll have the same number of Republicans and Democrats on the committees if Herschel Walker gets across the finish line. That should be mobilization for every Republican and Libertarian in the state of Georgia. You want to help Rand Paul restrain the budget. Uh, he will be the ranking committee member and have more power if the Republicans have 50-50 Senate. All right, 877-973-7425. We'll be back. I'm several years in on my bull and branch sheets, and they keep getting softer. Every time you wash them, they get softer. They hold up after multiple washes over multiple years. They even have those deep-fitting sheets for the fitted sheets for the big mattresses like I've got. They're great. And for the holidays, consider them as a great gift for yourself or someone else. They're made with the finest 100% organic cotton threads on earth. They have a great weight for them. They're cool in the summer. They're warm in the fall. They've just in, in the cold weather season. They just have a good drape on your body. They just give you something uh, better than your standard sheet that you're going to get. They're great. I enjoy them. I love that they keep getting softer. Every time I wash them and put them back on the bed, they're a better surprise. Their signature sheets come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box. They're going to look great. They're going to be unboxed. You're going to make somebody happy. This Black Friday, give the gift of a better night's sleep with Bowl & Branch. Get 25% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlAndBranch.com. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. The offer ends November 27th. Hello, welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Bob Chapik was the CEO of Disney. Uh, somewhat humorously and ironically, four months ago, Disney extended his deal as CEO. And then over the weekend, really yesterday, they canned him. And they're bringing back Bob Iger, the last CEO of Disney, who everybody loved. Uh, Chapik was a very uh, business-oriented, uh, technocratic guy, 
believe you you flip the right switches, push the right buttons, the company runs. It hasn't had a couple of uh, years that have been great streaming and otherwise. They kind of botched it. They angered talent. Uh, Disney is a creative enterprise, and, and uh, Chapik was not good dealing with the egos of people who needed their ego stroked. He's a business guy. Bob Iger was the schmoozer who set the company up to be handed over to Chapik and then stood on the sidelines throwing rocks. Uh, the real story here, if you ask me, is this is just another instance of the boomers being unwilling to go away. Bob Iger is 71 years old and could not let Disney go. He set up a succession plan, handed it off to the next guy who was competent in every way except stroking the egos of people who needed it. Uh, that did him in and allowed Iger to come back and take over again as CEO. Time and time again in America right now, we're seeing the uh, baby boomer generation be unwilling to hand it off to anyone else. They think they are the indispensable person. We see it with Joe Biden. We see it with Trump. We see it with McConnell. We see it with Schumer. Pelosi is the only one of these people who was willing to let go and say, all right, uh, time to time to give it to somebody else. Time to let, let some other person come in. And, and she is slightly technically, I guess, in the silent generation, the generation of uh, people whose parents were too old for World War II, not really a boomer. Um, and But these 70 late seventies people. And I don't mean to offend any of you listening who are, but, but when you're at that level, you become to see yourself as the indispensable person and Iger could not let it go. And uh, some would argue set up his successor to fail. That being said, I will say a Bob Jacob, uh, Chapik at Disney that he apparently did not have the interpersonal relationships that a creative endeavor like Disney needs and Iger was well known as the schmoozer in chief. Also, it's worth noting that um, that Chapik couldn't decide how to come out on the don't say gay legislation in Florida. Iger came out aggressively and denounced it. Uh, so for those thinking that Iger would have been better off in handling it, uh, clearly not. Although they might not have walked down this path with Iger there. He kind of is the schmoozer who might not have dug a hole for Disney the way Chapik wound up doing with his flip-flops on that. Nonetheless, yet again, one of these old guys in business who just can't walk away and let the next guy handle it, kind of like our politics. Let's pause and just talk about what's going on in the country for a moment. We got sky-high inflation. We got runaway government spending. Trust in Washington is completely eroded. When government is this dysfunctional, you got to change the course of the country. You know you have to. That's why I'm excited about the work Americans for Prosperity is doing. They're focused on policy solutions that actually improve people's lives, unlike so many in D.C. who just want to play political football and have power. Americans for Prosperity doesn't just come up with solutions. They act on those solutions. They have the largest network of community activists in the country. They are out there every day talking to millions of their fellow Americans if you're interested in seeing how you can get started with Americans for Prosperity in your community, visit americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. That's americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on the program. 
just a handful of years ago now, the Supreme Court uh, opened the door to sports betting online. Uh, in 2018, it let states legalize online sports betting, and it has taken off ever since. I am not opposed to sports betting. I, I may be the only person I know who doesn't engage in it. I'm not a big gambler. Uh, I will go to Las Vegas a lot because I love to shoot guns and fly in helicopters. And I will play at the craps table on occasion, but I'm not really a big gambler. Like, I don't play poker. I don't play blackjack. don't really want to do the slots. Just throwing money away. Um, craps, the odds are kind of in your favor if you know what you're doing very slightly. I did have a bad time the last time, but I just, I don't really enjoy, I work so hard for my money, I don't want to throw it away, and I don't keep up with sports enough to want to bet, but I know most of my friends, if not all of them, uh, will place bets in games. It has become ubiquitous. It's everywhere. The New York Times over the weekend did a series of stories about sports betting and its rise, particularly among young men. And I want to read you just just a little bit of this. In September 2021, an official in Michigan State University's athletic department sent an email to his boss with exciting news. An online betting company was willing to pay handsomely for the right to promote gambling at the university. Alan, if we are willing to take an aggressive position, we have a $1 million a year deal on the table with Caesars. Paul Shazer wrote to Alan Howler, the university's athletic director. The offer from Caesars Sportsbook turned out to be even bigger than that, according to emails. In the end, the company proposed a deal worth $8.4 million over five years. It was, a member of the negotiating team said in another email, the largest sportsbook deal in college athletics. Other schools, too, have struck deals to bring betting to campus. After LSU signed a similar deal in 2021 with Caesars, the university sent an email encouraging recipients, including students who were under the age of 21 and couldn't legally gamble, to place your first bet and earn your first bonus. When the University of Colorado Boulder in 2020 accepted $1.6 million to promote sports gambling on campus, a betting company sweetened the deal by offering the school an extra $30 every time someone downloaded the app and used a promotional code to place a bet. All three deals were part of a far-reaching but secretive campaign by the nascent online sports gambling industry. Ever since the Supreme Court's decision in 2018 to let states legalize such betting, gambling companies have been racing, racing to convert traditional casino customers, fantasy sports aficionados, and players of online games into a new generation of digital gamblers. Major universities with their tens of thousands of alumni and a captive audience of eager-to-reach, easy-to-reach students have emerged as an enticing target. So far, at least eight universities have become partners with online sports betting companies or sports books, many in the last year with more expected. In addition, at least a dozen athletic departments and booster clubs have signed agreements with brick-and-mortar casinos. Turning Stone Resort and Casino is the official resort of Syracuse University's uh, Q's Athletic Fund. Texas Christian University in Fort Worth joined Windstar World Casino and Resort to open a new club with suites and premium seating. TCU and gambling. LSU, by the way, is one of the worst. Uh, LSU is, is uh, probably the biggest promoter to underage students of gambling. 
and encouraging them to gamble. You know what's so ubiquitous? I, I have a friend who allows his teenage son, who I think is 13 years old, to bet on games through his dad's account with DraftKings. It's really become just part of it, kind of like uh, weed shops and, and online gambling. We are a nation of degenerates. Um, here's the thing. Uh, this is what gets me, uh, the grift. Uh, and I saw somebody make this point over the weekend. It was a New York Times reporter covering this. Everything in our life now is a grift. In college, you can't just go to college to get a degree. In college, you go to college, and the university itself is badgering you to download a gambling app and gamble. Everything is a grift. Everyone wants to make money off of every aspect of your life. You know, if you listen to this program, I advertise for Omaha Steaks, Patriot Mobile, Eden Pure, Alliance Defending Freedom. I, on the podcast, I do Bowl and Branch promotions on the podcast app. I am a customer of all of them. I'm a Patriot Mobile customer. I'm an Eden Pure customer. I'm an Omaha Steaks customer. I'm a Bowl and Branch customer. And I'm a, on the uh, advisory committee of ADF and had a long-time relationship with them. Uh, random companies. I realize I'm leaving money on the table, but I don't want to just take all of the money from people. The, the amount of survival food companies that want to advertise on here. Uh, and I just, I tell them, no, I'm leaving money on the table. I realize I'm leaving money on the table, but I kind of believe that I, when I do business with someone and I'm a customer, I can more reliably and honestly tell you your your time is precious and I should be directing you to the right people. So, for example, on my flagship station, I do a, a deal with a company called Owen Security. They're actually our home security company. And the reason that I went with Owen Security is because they have this very cool virtual um, virtual security guard. So we have cameras now. They came in and they put cameras around our house. And we set a time. I won't tell you what the time is, but we set a time at night where they take over. And the cameras are so good, they can distinguish between like a UPS truck and a FedEx truck and a, a post office truck. So if I'm waiting for a package from FedEx, for example, I can say, show me when the FedEx truck shows up and I get a push alert. And then overnight, uh, it can distinguish between a deer and a rabbit and a, even a snake slithering and, and a person. And so if there's a person who comes into our yard at night, uh, it doesn't send me an alert. There's actually a human being who looks at the camera. And we've got these big bullhorns now around the house. You, you can't see me. I don't know where to look, but the, the person can say, Hey, we see you in the yard. This isn't automated. Here's what you're wearing. Uh, the police have been called and nine out of 10 times in the places that have them, the people run off. So I don't need a home security guard. I literally have a virtual security guard now monitoring these cameras around the house. The algorithm is, is perfect. Uh, and I, I was so impressed with Owen Security doing this. They were telling me stories about a, a car dealership that was having cars stolen every month. They, they, they had a security guard, but the security guard could fall asleep at night. Now they got Owen Security cameras everywhere. And they've got someone on the bullhorn saying, hey, we see you trying to steal this car. The police have been called. And they're not trying to call me to see if it's a false alarm. It speeds the situation up. And I'm like, yes, I would like to advertise for Owen Security on WSB because I use them. I love them. They, 
my family, we've had security situations at our house and, and now we kind of sleep well at night knowing that they're monitoring our home all night long and can weed out false alarms from actual people. So I want to be able to do this, but, but all of life now, like, I, I guess I'm leaving money on the table compared to now you've got universities are trying to sell people gambling ads, kids, gambling ads. I'm sorry, but you know, it can become addictive and people can lose money. It's like crypto and FTX and trying to lure you in with celebrities telling you, do you really believe that Matt Damon was trading Bitcoin on, on crypto.com or whatever the heck it was? People are just getting paid to sell you whatever. I would prefer to not make the money and not sell you the garbage than, than push you and hustle you because everything is an ad campaign these days. Everyone's trying to upsell you. Everyone wants you. You, you, you can't leave the Best Buy without them trying to get you the extended warranty on the TV that you know you're not going to need. Can't you just be left alone these days? And now it's even worse. I was reading the other day, um, there are some car manufacturers now that you can't just buy the car and drive it off a lot. BMW is apparently doing this. It's a subscription service. If you want to have certain items work in your car, you have to subscribe. Not only that, some cars now push you advertisements on the on-screen panel. Everybody wants your attention and they're monetizing your life. They will not leave you alone. With colleges in on the game now, I think we've got to rethink some things. The unwillingness of a college to just let you come get your degree. I remember my first week at college. I, At the time, I didn't have any voices yelling at me, don't get a credit card, don't get a credit card. I got a credit card. Took me a very long time to pay off the debt that I racked up on the credit card. And now I'm trying to tell my kids, listen, do not get a credit card. They're going to put the hard sell on you. You're going to be responsible for it. It's going to hurt your credit. The amount of expectations when our kids go off to college now, and then they're getting in debt many times to go to college. So they're getting into debt by going to college. They're putting their parents in debt oftentimes by going to college. Then they're getting credit cards pushed on them by colleges uh, claiming that, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, my wife actually got one from a company that essentially when they, they told her, that she needed to get her parents to bail it out. They were going to call and harass her parents if she didn't pay her debt. She actually had a guy for this particular credit card company. It'll go nameless, but I'm not allowed to do business with this company to this day because they so affected my wife. The guy suggested she commit suicide, not making that up. That if she had life insurance, that would be a way to help her parents not be burdened with credit card debt. It's it, absolutely bizarre. This is the sort of thing that used to happen, and I suspect still does. And everything has become a grift. I'm looking at, at the campaign cycle. Do you know many of the Republican consultants actually charge premiums over some of the Democratic consultants? I've been writing about this for a decade now. The Republican consultant class is in on the grift so much, and it's pervasive. So much of what happened in 2018, 2020, and 2022 is that the prominent grifters who actually had good win records had marginalized, alienated, and sidelined the, the island of misfit toy consultants who have never done any good, and those guys 
always hitched their wagon to Donald Trump. They got a great cycle in 2016 when he beat Hillary. And ever since, they've been losing, and yet they keep grifting. They keep trying to cash in on Donald Trump's name. They keep trying to make money off of him. Look at the people. Just take Georgia. All of these candidates who decided to run against the incumbent Republicans in primaries, uh, Purdue against Kemp, um, all the people who ran against Brad Raffensperger and Chris Carr, the the attorney general, against um, the, the insurance commissioner, against the labor commission, you name it. All of these people were running. Well, I guess not labor. They were unopposed, but you get it. And the consultants made tons of money off of these people, all of whom lost. The consultants did well. The casinos are going to do great. The colleges are going to do great. What about the people? What about the people? What about the students who get in over their heads with gambling? What about the students who get addicted to it? What about the voters and the citizens who see candidates who are good go down in flames, who weren't in on the grift, or get stuck with people. The consultants make so much money, the candidate can't fund their race because the consultants are taking all the money, and they hand it over to the Democrats. The grift is a problem. Every single thing in America now, people want to monetize it. People want to make money out of it. People want you to be the eyeballs by which they can attract advertisers, as opposed to leaving you and me alone. Too much of our society has become a grift, and college is becoming the biggest grift with a captive audience, and instead of doing a student loan bailout, perhaps we need to force these colleges to either spend their endowments or tax their endowments and make up some of the money that they're getting from their grift to students. This isn't going to end well. As I said, I don't like to advertise for anyone on this program unless I'm actually a customer, and I actually am a customer of Eden Pure. And as I've told you, I travel with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm because it really does work. I don't use it as an air purifier, and I want to be clear with you. I know you you can use it as an air purifier. It has electrostatic plates that it has a fan. It pulls the air in the room towards the electrostatic plates, viruses, bacteria, pollen, mold, dust. It gets trapped on the electrostatic plates and you just wipe it out. You don't have to get a filter subscription. I actually use it as an odor eliminator. It wipes out odors. So if I've been in a rental car and someone has smoked in the rental car before I've used it, or I'm in a hotel room and it's a musty odor or someone smoked there, uh, litter box odors, pet odors, cooking odors, frying odors, you name it, um, the electrostatic, the, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm wipes them out. That's how I use it. And you get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. So you get three of them for less than $200. Now, I use this thing. I keep it in my suitcase. If I'm in a hotel room and the hotel room is musty, uh, the air is stagnant, uh, someone's been smoking in it, fire it up, run it for a little while, it wipes out those odors. Um, if you've been in a car, like, I, I mean, just true story, I'll tell all myself, I was playing golf, got into my car, had a cigar in my mouth, didn't even think about it. And the cigar smoke got in the car. And I, I mean, I threw threw the cigar out. It was like, I got it. I was like, oh my gosh, totally forgot. I have this thing. And um, it, my car stuck. My wife and kids complained. Fired up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It has a little USB port on the side. You can plug in a USB cable and then plug it into a USB outlet in your car and just let it run. It powered that way. Turn the car on, fired this thing up. It wiped out the odors. You never know. Um, there had been smoke in the car. It just works. You can get three of them for less than $200. Uh, you go to EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3, EdenPureDeals.com.
This hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan Nationwide. They can help your business grow. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Buying a building, building a building, growing or expanding a franchise. See if they can help you, firstlibertyga.com. I got to tell you guys something, and I don't want to tell you, but I feel obligated to tell you because I'm getting emails from people asking. In 24 hours... In 24 hours, you guys contributed $152,300 to help pay for Thanksgiving meals for those in need. Uh, and it's gone up since then. That was the 24-hour number, and it's gone up since then. And I don't know what the final total is. Uh, we raised $50,000 in two hours on radio on Thursday. Um, between the beginning of my show and the end of the second hour when David Huey was on, uh, and 152-300, and it's gone up significantly since then. And I don't I don't want to tell you this because it sounds like a lot of money, but that's not enough to meet the 35,000 family goal. Um, if you're still willing to contribute, and let me explain what this is. Hungry for a Day is an Atlanta-based nonprofit that works all over the country uh, from coast to coast and provides food pantries and food banks with food and then provides families in need uh, their Thanksgiving meals. So the turkey, the sweet potatoes, the, the trimmings, you name it, they provide a, a full meal for a family of four. Uh, and I'm hoping that you can donate. So it used to be about $20, $25 cover the cost, but with inflation all over the last few years, it's basically $40 now will cover the cost of a family of four. If you can do that, if you can do just 20 bucks, that's fine. Someone else will do 20 and we'll get it. Or if you can do five, well, I mean, we get enough people, get eight people together with five bucks. It works. Every penny helps. If you can, please text the word donate to 33777 and help Hungry for a Day. They help in every market that this show is in, wherever you are listening, someone will be taken care of with your donation. I can't thank you enough for doing this. I'm floored we raised that much money in 24 hours, and we've still been raising money since we're trying to feed 35,000 families, uh, hoping we can feed more than that. It really depends on your generosity. Um, one of you, I don't know who it is, one of you donated more than $1,000. And thank you very much. Um, but all of us, we can be charitable if we can. Some can't. But if you can, please text DONATE to 33777 or just go to eric, E-R-I-C-K, thanksgiving.com.